Welcome to the Stream of David Show, where David taps into higher consciousness and shares divine guidance from the stream, answering all of life's questions and guiding you to the life of your dreams. Sit back with your mind opened as you come along with us on this wonderful journey of higher enlightenment. Here's your host, David Strickle. Hello and welcome. So happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you are joining us. And by us, I mean the stream. They are here with us, as always. And my ego is here as well. (laughs) Alive and well, as always. If you listen to my podcast on Balancing Ego, you know what I'm talking about. But I have to tell you, it's a beautiful day here in Palm Springs. It's been raining all week. It's been overcast and just really nasty. And I know many of you are listening from weather that is far worse than that. Ongoing snow all winter long and things of that nature. Those of you in Australia are enjoying your spring and summer coming up. But here it's been really nasty for for a whole week. And that's a lot for me. You know, I spent 12 years in Florida where it was beautiful most of the time. We would get these magnificent thunderstorms. They would kind of go through and then everything would just clear back up. So you had very little stints of just nasty weather, you know, for days on end. And of course, we got hurricanes every once in a while, but that was no big deal most of the time. And then I moved to Seattle and I was in Seattle for eight years. And that cold, gray, drizzly, and that just really got to me. I could not wait to move to California. And I've been in California now for coming up on three years. And, and I absolutely love it here. This is absolutely where I was meant to be. And, and I, just, I just love the whole vibe out here. Even with the super high cost of living and the super high taxes, that's why they can get that money just because the the vibe is so amazing out here and the weather and and just the natural beauty. But I am so very up my spiral today because of this just wonderful weather. I got out and walked the dog and it's just the birds are chirping. The sun is out. The temperature is absolute perfection. I've got the doors and windows open for the first time in a long time because it's been cold here and I'm just so happy for it. I have to tell you, I'm I'm doing this. Uh, intermittent fasting uh, to take off the the holiday weight that I put on, and uh, it's 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 going very very well. And I'm not eating anything. I'm going 16 hours without eating, and then I'm going eight hours on. And I'm very aligned with this right now. And you know that alignment is everything. So I'm very very aligned with it to the point of being annoying and obnoxious to my friends. I'm sure because they're hearing all about keto and intermittent fasting and all the stuff that I'm into right now, but. When I'm up the spiral and I keep myself busy, I'm not even noticing hunger. I'm drinking a lot of water, over almost a gallon and a half of water a day. And thankfully, I work at home, so I'm able to do that. But this intermittent fasting for me has just been this wonderful thing. I've really cut down my calorie intake. I'm feeling fine. I'm not eating. Uh, I stop eating at night. My last little snack is like at 9 p.m. And then the next day, I go all the way. Uh, usually till two and sometimes even three o'clock. So 16, 17 hours with no food, just water. Uh, I have had black coffee on it. And I'm told by some purists that that is not fasting if I have black coffee. But there's so few calories in coffee that I'm still calling it fasting anyway. But it's just a wonderful thing. And, and, and I'm not telling you this to try to sell you on some diet. That's not what I'm all about. But the point is, is that I'm in alignment with this right now. And as long as I keep myself in alignment with this, I will be able to sustain it and enjoy the process. 
And what happens is we get into alignment with new things. And while they're new, they're exciting and they're fun and they're shiny and they're great. And then we get a little bored or perhaps usually we don't get bored so much as we go down our spiral and we start to allow ourselves to revert back to old vibration, to old behaviors. And that's how we stop the progression that we really desire. I really want to get really lean and, and get back into tip-top shape. I was there for many years after I took off the 70 pounds. I went to the gym, gosh, three, four days a week, worked out with a personal trainer, um, ate pretty clean most of the time, and, and I was in very good health through most of my, my 40s. You know, And up until my 40s, I was never in good health. I was always really overweight and really sick and, and all of these things. And, and now I've gotten to this point where the, I have manifested excellent health. My health report card is just absolutely amazing. And, and all of my chronic illnesses that I had manifested for a while are just gone. The chronic back pain, the joint pain, eczema, all of that stuff is gone. And I've manifested a path to that that includes many things, including living my full truth and my full abundance, not having any resistance on any topic. Manifesting my move to the desert probably had something to do with that. But it all worked together to get me to this healthy place. And so now for me, the last frontier is to take this last bit of weight off and get really, really lean and put a lot more muscle on because I like that. I like the way it feels. You know, I feel much better when I'm in great shape. And this diet is getting me there very quickly. And I know that to be successful on this, it has to be a lifestyle, not just a temporary diet, because just like any diet, when you go on it, you lose weight. It's wonderful. You hit this plateau, you stop losing weight, you get frustrated with it, you go down your spiral about something or maybe multiple things, and then you fall off the wagon. And I'm not saying you as in all of you, I'm saying you as in all of us, because that includes myself. And it's all vibrational. And when you master vibration, when you master your vibrational spiral, when you really start understanding alignment and that you can align with anything that you choose to align with and that your work and your, your desire for your continued alignment is to stay up your spiral. It's not about sitting and meditating about being rich or being thin or being you know, healthier or whatever it is that you desire to, to move toward in your life. It really is about setting the intention, aligning with your desires, and then making your work staying up your spiral. Because if you have a healthy spiral, there's a new term for you. If your spiral is healthy, if you are chronically up your spiral and you are elevating your default vibration, you are spending more time in joy. You are spending more time with source flowing directly to you. You are realizing that source connection that's always there. But it's flowing. It's your intuition. It's just feeling better, feeling lighter. That is your connection to the source of all creation. And in all of that, the things that you want flow to you in ease. So the real work in all of this, the real secret to the law of attraction, is managing your spiral, getting up your spiral. And the work that we do in the practice of Taya, T-Y-A, TYA stands for trusting your abundance. It's what I talk about all the time on the show, not just to sell you boot camp, but to actually share the practice of Taya with everyone, whether they ever join our Taya boot camp or not. Because the, the practice is so life changing. 
And it's all about doing the things that you need to do in your life to chronically be up your spiral, to manage your spiral, to know where you are vibrationally at all times, and to develop the tools, your own unique set of tools to move yourself up in vibration so that your default vibration is higher. And I promise you, it is a phenomenal way to go through life. And what I'm seeing now is that, that people are getting into this practice and learning these things and changing their lives within just weeks. And it took me years to figure this out. And the stream was delivering it to me slowly so that I could work through it so that I think I could be more understanding of everybody has their own process to work through it. But man, it's just so incredible and so life-changing. And it really is the secret to the law of attraction. You know, we all learned the secret of the law of attraction, many of us through the book, The Secret. Of course, Think and Grow Rich came out way before that. Abraham Hicks talked about the law of attraction way before that book came out. I understand that. There's, there's no real human originator of that thought. The law of attraction is a universal law that has been around as long as creation has been, because that is the source of all creation. But once the secret, the book, The Secret, went mainstream, many, many, many people, it's one of the best-selling books of all times, millions of people came to understand that they absolutely create their own reality. And in doing that, began taking greater responsibility for the conditions and the outcome of their lives, the ongoing outcome of their lives. And that's huge. And I know people think sometimes that I'm critical of the secret and the law of attraction teachings and all of that because, you know, the stream has delivered this whole other layer. But in truth, society wasn't ready for this next layer that the stream has shared with us, this practice of Taya. We collectively were not ready for that. We needed to first understand that we create our own reality. And we get it now, especially those that are listening to this and following the stream's teachings. So we get it. But then we set about trying to create intentionally. And we have a mix. We have some success and we have some things that we just can't figure out. And again, I talk to people every day, people that want to join Taya Boot Camp. This is what I do with my days. I do these, these Zoom video meetings and I meet new people from all over the world, sometimes countries I've never even heard of. It's incredible, the, the reach of this show and this network. I, I speak to people all the time about their path to tie a boot camp. And very often, I speak to people who have been following the thought process of the law of attraction for many, many years, and they're hitting a wall. They're not able to manifest fully the health, the relationships, the money, the big things in their lives. And now the stream has been so benevolent to deliver this next wave of understanding polarity of understanding that we absolutely have some work to do to clean up our vibration and raise our default vibration to, and the tools to do it, more importantly. Clean up your vibration sounds great, but how? <laughs> how do we do that? How do we clean up our default vibration? Well, we do that by identifying the roots of all of our unwanted beliefs. We call those our transgressors. We do that by managing our virtual vibrational spiral, understanding where we are, 
vibrationally at all times and how to move up into more positive territory when polarity drags us down. And polarity will inevitably drag us down. We are all impacted by polarity, absolutely. And what we have learned from the stream and what has been proven in my life and the lives of, of others that, that practice Taya is that polarity is absolutely the origin of, of you know, all of this new moon thinking and, and the need to worry about your chakras and astrology, all of these things that are out there, all of these modalities absolutely are true. They absolutely have value. If they work for you and you love them, continue to do it. But what I found, what I've proven to myself and out with others, is that if you manage your own virtual vibrational spiral, that supersedes all of that other stuff. That supersedes the need to clear chakras, the need to follow astrology, understanding what the planets are going to do in relation to your, your birth date and year and things of that nature. All of that stuff is real. I'm not discounting any of it as reality. I'm saying that we have developed something that works, that places you in a situation where you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to worry about what the forecast is for your astrological sign. If you love doing that sort of thing, do it, but you don't need to, you don't have to. You can manage your own vibration and move yourself up into positive territory, thus having more positive manifestations all the time by simply doing this work. Forgiving the past, releasing your transgressors, checking in and showing appreciation for everything that has happened in your life, even the negative aspects, the negative people, circumstances, and events, even the, the, the really horrific ones, finding your path to appreciation of it from the highest perspective, from the stream's perspective, is very freeing and very empowering. And it really, getting up to that, that place on your spiral gives you such clarity about the world, about everything positive and everything negative. Which brings me to the topic, finally, 15 minutes in almost, to this episode, which is managing or eradicating dark energy. Yes, there is a such thing as dark energy. Those of us who do what I do, and of course the stream doesn't speak of this very often. They will, if asked. But of course, we all want to be light workers. We, we want to uplift. We want to guide everybody to the light, up your spiral. Everything is positive. There's nothing wrong with the world. Everything is great. But every once in a while, I like to rock the boat a little bit. And so I'm going to do that today and share with you that dark energy absolutely exists. There is a such thing as negative energy in the energetic realm. And we are able to tap into it. I have. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So several years ago, when I realized that, okay, the, these very detailed downloads of thought, hits, blocks, whatever you want to call them, we all have different terms for it, but these very, very detailed, very high level, beyond me downloads of thought were not something that everyone was experiencing. Obviously, I grew up having this come to me my whole life. I've shared many times that my first solid recollection was in 1982 when I was 14, where I thought I invented this thing that we call the law of attraction. It came to me. I invented it. It was great. It was my own little personal thing for many years. But I, I came to realize, probably in my 20s, 
that, okay, everyone's not getting this. I, I'm a little different. I, I definitely felt weird. You know, I'm, I'm different than I'm getting all of this stuff. And I very much wanted to understand what it was. And I wasn't guided to start reading books and following all these other modalities and things like that. I was really guided for an inward journey, an inward seeking of knowledge to better comprehend what was coming to me and better summon it for the benefit of me and then eventually, of course, the benefit of others. But it absolutely started out very self-serving for me. I want to be rich. I want to be happy. I want this. I want that. I want, I want, I want. And that's what I was thinking. Okay, I've got all this information coming to me. Show me how to do these things. Show me how to get everything that I want in life. And the only thing I did, other than looking inward, was that I would visit psychics. And so I visited a variety of psychics. And of course, you've probably heard the story if you've read my book, The Stream, Eternal Wisdom for a Better Life, that I finally met a psychic in the early 2000s. I think it was between 2000 and 2004. I'm not exactly sure of ex exactly when it was when this occurred. But I met this woman named Hazel Burley in Casadega, Florida. She's still there. She's been there since 1975. She's an amazing, amazing and intuitive. And I had a wonderful experience with her. And she told me that I had this ability. And once I got that, that I had this connection to source coming to me, I really wanted to start playing with it and utilizing it and, and, and conjuring it on demand. But because I was so self-sufficient with it, I did not in the beginning learn to set my intention toward what energy I was summoning. I just thought it was all good because most of what I was getting was very positive, very beneficial. It worked in my life. So I thought, gee, I can just you know, summon this anytime I want and I can just tap into it. It'll be great. And what started happening around the same time is I started having paranormal experiences. Now, I shared in my book, and I've probably shared on the show before, that I certainly had those uh, as a child and as a teenager. You know, I remember seeing this, this really disturbing uh, face. I, I woke up, I was sleeping with my mother at my grandmother's house, and I had to be younger than six. I had to be four or five years old. So this was one of my first ever memories of waking up and seeing this very demonic sort of face on my mother. And I, that's one of my first memories. And of course, it was frightening. I just went back to sleep and nothing ever happened beyond that. And then I had another experience when my grandfather died around the age of six, um, where he passed away. And, and he was a, a very positive figure in my life, but only for a very short while. Because my parents got divorced when I was six. We moved back to my mother's hometown. Uh, he would come and watch us uh, in the afternoons, you know, until my mother got home from work after school. And he passed away shortly after that move. So I was six, maybe seven years old at the time of his death. And I remember very, very clearly, as clear as ever to this day, seeing the, his fully manifested body standing next to his car in front of me in the parking lot of this apartment complex where I was living. He was right there. And he had just died. And he was right there, full, full-blown apparition of my grandfather, and I remember seeing that. And I understand what all of that is now, that it's my perception of the energy that is there. But at the time, there's my grandfather. So it was a very odd experience for me at that age to, to see that, for sure. 
But again, when you're a little kid, you just sort of keep that stuff to yourself and reconcile it as best you can. I think when we're that age, we, we are actually more connected and we're maybe even a little better able at managing these things than we are when we get a little older and we're really taught to be afraid of everything. It didn't really frighten me at all. And then, of course, later uh, I, I told the story about um, you know being kicked out of my mother's house when I was a teenager and going out into the country and living with this family of a friend of mine from high school and having the experience of not knowing how to load a gun. And, you know, I was trying to, you know, be all macho and go play with this gun. I, I didn't grow up around guns. And then this this figure sort of appeared and actually helped me load the gun. It was really bizarre. And these people lived way out in the country. There was no one else living anywhere near them. Uh, you know, it's not like there was a next door neighbor that would have walked up. This guy just appeared and I thought he was just a friend of theirs. I didn't didn't know this person. And then I later find, found out that the father of the man who lived in the house, the father had committed suicide with a shotgun basically right where I was standing. So a very bizarre scenario that I still can't completely wrap my head around. You know, the, the, the stream has provided guidance on that, but it's, it's very odd that this full human form was standing there talking to me, took the gun from my hand, loaded it, handed it back to me, and basically you know, kept me from hurting myself. And, you know, he, he, and he wasn't an apparition of somebody who had shot himself. He was a live person. So that's a, that's a tough one to really wrap my head around how in the world that happens. But there was no explanation of who that person was other than this was, you know, the, 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 the man of the house. This was his father who had lived on the property and committed suicide right there with a shotgun behind this barn. So that was one of the more unusual scenarios that happened to me. But then I got into my 20s and I really didn't have those experiences anymore until I started trying to really conjure the stream. And when I started really working with all of that, I started seeing apparitions again. And one was this, um, I, I was living in this loft and this was around 2002, right around the time that I, I saw Hazel for the first time. And I was living in this loft with my uh, then partner and it was a brand new loft. It wasn't some old historic building or anything like that. They had just built it. So it was brand new construction that we were living in. And I was laying in bed one morning. It was, uh, you know, getting up to go to work and get dressed and all that. But I was still in bed. And I remember kind of opening my eyes. And there was this woman lying next to me with long brown hair. And she was just there. And, and of course, I'm gay. <laughs> I lived with another man. There was no woman living in our house. and. I just remember thinking, okay, I'm dreaming this. You know, sort of, what are you doing here? Why are you here? I'm just dreaming this. And when I thought that, she pursed her lips and blew her breath at me, and I felt her breath at my face. It was very bizarre. And then she was just gone. Very bizarre. So that sort of set me off. And that was not necessarily, that was not a negative interaction at all. Whatever that was, whatever that energy field was that I was tapping into was not negative. She was just laying there beside me. There was nothing scary about it. It was freaky that, yes, this, this apparition is blowing wind into my face. And I'm feeling wind hit my face. But that was about it. But I really got, I, it bothered me a lot more at this stage in my life. And we ended up moving out of that. We flipped that loft and we moved into another house that we were going to flip. In, um, in Orlando, Florida. And that house was where I really started. And again, it wasn't a super old house. It was probably 15 years old. 
and we moved in and set about remodeling it very fast uh, right away. And I had all these weird experiences there. We we painted this. Uh, there was this one room up front that was the nursery of the people that lived there before us, and so it was all bright colors, very nursery like, and it was a cool room. It had a vaulted ceiling and this big. Uh, Palladian window, and it was just this. It was a bedroom, but it was really, you know, a nice room. And we didn't need an extra guest room, so I decided to make it a kind of a TV lounge. And we, I wanted to paint it red. I love the color red. We'd always had a red room, you know, in every house that we ever lived in. And I had the painter paint the the room red, and the paint wouldn't stick to the walls. The paint would just come off the wall. It was really bizarre. We even had the paint manufacturer's rep come out after a few tries, and he could not explain why the room would not accept red paint. Well, in the middle of all this painting it red, we were uh, watching TV one night out in the main part of the house, and this door, the door to that room, slammed shut so loud that the whole house shook. And I looked around, I thought maybe there was a window open, cross breeze or something like that. There was nothing like that. There was no reason for this door to slam shut with that force. And there was no pet in there. There was nothing. It was just a room that was still under construction because it wouldn't accept the red paint. Then we had, uh, we kept it shut up for a little while and we had this uh, termite swarm. And if you have ever experienced a termite swarm, that's where you walk into a room and you find, I don't know, millions of, of dead termite bodies all over the room. <laughs> They sort of swarm and they all die. And then there's just dead termites everywhere, just covering every surface in the room. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And so finally we decided that, okay, this room, for whatever reason, does not want to be red. So we painted it. I, I completely changed uh, color schemes. I was working in interior design at the time, and I had some of the designers help me uh, pick a whole new color scheme that was very soft and sort of feminine. And, and, and it was like a cream color for the walls and this chocolate brown. Uh, velvet sofa and everything stopped. <laughs> it was so weird. So then we moved from there to this house in Seattle that was about 20 years old and it was this big house, uh, 4,200 square feet, I believe, up on top of this big hill uh, out in Bellevue outside of Seattle, Washington. Really nice neighborhood, beautiful home. And that's where I really started getting into all of this stuff. And, and those couple of experiences sort of brought momentum to all of this. And that house is where I really experienced a horror show. I mean, we had uh, black crows flying into our dining room window two in one day. We had footsteps upstairs. We had lights turning on and off. We had appliances turning on and off. Uh, we, you know, noise, all kinds of odd noises and the dogs barking at who, whatever all the time. And it was just really, really bizarre. And then it really, the more I feared it, and the more I focused on it, the worse it was getting. And one day I was sitting in a chair in the in the family room, and we had this fireplace with these shelves flanking the fireplace in the family room. And I was sitting there, I don't know, I was reading or doing something. And all of a sudden I heard this noise, and I looked over, and I saw this uh, picture frame sort of scoot across the bookshelf. And I thought, oh, God, there's a rat or something, you know, behind there, a mouse. and. I kept watching it, and then it flipped over forward. And it was one of those picture frames that has the, um, you know, the little leg that it leans back on. So something would have to be behind it to push it forward. And I just stared at it, and I yelled out my my then partner's name, you know, to come downstairs. 
And, you know, I asked, where's the cat? Well, the cat was asleep in the dining room where he always was. He was a very old cat at that point and didn't really move. And there was no rat anywhere. I mean, it literally just moved and fell over forward right in front of me. And so I, I was still sort of freaked out and not really standing up out of the chair at this point. And I said, well, what is that picture of? And he picked it up. And he said, it's a picture of you. <laughs> it's a picture of me as a child sitting in this little car that my parents had got me for uh, Christmas. So that really freaked me out. And then the, the momentum just kept building around all of this. And I was really, I, I was communing with the stream but I wasn't understanding the difference between the positive and the negative energy that I was drawing in and doing that. I know that's kind of hard to, it's hard for me to explain that, but I was just bringing in whatever, whatever was out there. I was, I was communicating with it. I was drawing it in. And of course my fear and my focus around all this stuff happening in my house made it just keep getting worse and worse and worse until in the middle of the night four something in the morning, we hear this loud crash. Well, our bedroom was upstairs. We had this two story, uh, foyer with this big staircase going down this giant chandelier you know the staircase sort of wrapped around this just giant chandelier hanging from the ceiling well the giant chandelier fell from the ceiling in the middle of the night and it didn't fall out of the ceiling one of the hooks that holds the chandelier that had held that chandelier for 20 years it was definitely the original chandelier to the house because it was very uh, out of date it was a 1989 house and it was very much a 1989 chandelier sort of brass and crystal thing. And one of the little uh, rings that holds the chandelier up on the chain just was bent open like somebody crawled up, you know, 15, 20 feet in the air and just bent this thing open and caused this big, heavy chandelier to fall. So that was a very, very crazy experience. And it was just a crazy night. And then after that, I actually did call somebody in to do a blessing. And she gave me these prayers. She burned incense. We walked all over the house, blessing the house. And I believed the prayers and I gave them power to eradicate whatever that was going on in my house. And that was the very last time anything ever happened in that house. And then my uh, partner and I ended up separating a, a year or two after that. And I lived in the house alone. And I was not frightened. I wasn't scared about anything. I didn't hearken back to, oh, the haunted house. No, I'm here all alone all the time. I didn't think that at all. And nothing like that came again, ever. And I've lived in, in numerous places since then, and I've just never had these problems. I live in a 60-year-old house now here in Palm Springs. It's a revamped uh, mid-century modern house and, you know, 60-year history here. And nothing like that comes my way. I feel very safe here. I live here alone with my dog. And I feel very, very safe in this house because now I understand the difference between positive and negative energy. And before I got to where I could communicate with the stream the way I do today, I used to use a pendulum and I could get blocks of thought, but I couldn't necessarily just sit and have a conversation. This is before I was able to verbally share and channel the stream. And I found it very easy to get yes or no guidance using a pendulum. It swung one way for yes and the other way for no, and it was always accurate. It always guided me in the right direction. It was great. But there were times when I would really be down my spiral, really in despair about something, that I would pick up that pendulum out of desperation, and it would give me really funky answers. And I'd always test it by saying, should I kill myself? And if it said yes, I knew that I was dealing with dark energy. There is nothing about the stream or source, the core, 
of source energy that is going to guide you to take your own life. There's no judgment from them about any of that stuff, but they're certainly not going to guide you to kill yourself. We didn't come here and live this life to, to take our own lives sooner than, than need be as far as you know, just living through a, a natural lifespan and, and aging and then, of, of course, withdrawing ourselves from life in a more natural fashion. Suicide is very different than that. Some people say that all death is suicide because we have to be in alignment with it. But that's not the stream's take on it. And certainly I understand what they mean that, yes, we have a natural lifespan and we can, we can def we, we definitely have to align with death to experience it. But naturally, we are all going to ultimately align with death. But it's because we are, the world is getting ahead of us. We are born up to speed with the time that we are born into. And the world does start to speed up in a way that as from our ego perspective, our human perspective, we're not up to speed with that. And of course, our bodies age and deteriorate and begin to stop functioning. And, and everything about us that's human sort of slows down in the aging process. Now, collectively, we can decide and, and definitely vibrate and live much longer than we do today. But the point of all this is, is that we don't come here to, to be eternal on earth. We come here to live a temporary experience by design and then return to our eternal completed state and do it over and over and over again. So when you hear that all death is suicide, it's true that we always align with our demise from, from this life. But it's not the same as aligning with poor health and, and, and not being safe and things of that nature that can cause us to, to die sooner than dying of old age. And then, of course, we can absolutely be really down our spiral and choose intentionally, very deliberately to take our own lives. That's, that's my definition of suicide. So I know I got sidetracked there. So that when, when, you're, when you're dealing with energy that's coming through, there is an energetic realm. And everything that is not physical exists eternally, energetically, in an energetic realm. We've called it many things. And of course, as humans, we tend to make these things very complex. From my understanding and from my knowledge of the stream, they really aren't. It's an energetic realm and it's everywhere. And it is consciousness. It is eternal. And everything that has ever happened and that everything that is ever going to happen exists as consciousness. And that's what it is. But there is a core to this source energy. And it's what we refer to as source. It's the pure, positive, most powerful form of energy, the source of all creation. It's real. And it's the core. And it is almighty. It is powerful for sure. But it is not looking to be worshipped. It is not looking to judge us. None of that other stuff that we tend to assign to it. But it is the most powerful, most expansive source of all creation that powers the entire universe. And, and we all are aware of this on some level, and we're all part of it. But on the outskirts of all of that, on the edge of all of that, if you, if you need to think of it in physical terms, there is a very low vibrational, what you might, might call dark or negative energy, frivolous energy, that exists sort of on the outskirts of this core of source. And it exists to keep source, source's expansion in balance. It's negative energy. It's regressive. And it is not nearly as powerful as source. Positive is always more powerful than negative. P 
positive always trumps negative, always, always, always. Positive always springs forth, always. And we see that in our physical world. We see that no matter what happens, humanity moves forward. The earth survives. Spring always comes. The sun always shines. New life always springs forth. The stream has provided this this analogy of going out into a beautiful field of wildflowers and pouring a asphalt parking lot over it and leaving it. And eventually, the elements will erode that asphalt parking lot. It will begin to crack and crumble and disintegrate. And those wildflowers will spring back through and eventually overtake the parking lot where you can't even see it anymore. That's an excellent example that they have provided of the nature of our universe and the nature of our world. Because when you are looking at our world from their perspective, we are all eternal beings having a very temporary human experience. Therefore, death is not the big deal that we make of it. In fact, they are often amused that we make such a big deal out of death when it's the one thing that we are all absolutely going to do. We're going to die from this human experience, but our soul consciousness does not die. We are eternal at our core. So if something happens on earth that causes death, it is not what we believe it to be. It's a sign of the people that are involved, the people that are dying, aligning with death one way or another, either through fear or focus, or simply living a lifespan and and desiring very much to return to their completed state because it was their broader intention in the first place to do so, to not have a Uh, an eternal life as a human being. So if you get past the fear of death and you realize that even when someone that you love or care about dies, that they're not really dying, they are transitioning to their completed state, that gives you a very different perspective about all of this and allows you really a a faster trip up your spiral when you do hear things of this nature, when somebody close to you does return to their completed state, even if it's prematurely, in your opinion, or unexpectedly, that was their contrast and that was their path. And when you see stories of starvation and famine and mass shootings and war and all of these things that we prefer not to experience, having that broader perspective that those things are simply a return to a completed state and not an ending of anything, you realize how positive, indeed, always is more powerful than negative. And the moral to all of this, the point to this entire episode, really, is understanding that the dark energy, the negative energy, only arrives via our invitation, our summoning of it. And I see it all the time, and I've been there. I've done it. I've summoned dark energy. I've created negative scenarios in my life. I've gone down the spiral and had negative things happen and reacted to things, manifestations that I created negatively. And I promise you, the very worst thing that you can do when you're confronted with a negative manifestation is to react negatively to it. That's how we keep ourselves in unwanted cycles because when you allow something to take you down your spiral, you are creating more negative things, more things of like nature. When you get to the point where you're up your spiral so often 
that you are creating far fewer obstacles in your life, you will also reach a stage where you will meet your obstacles in joy, knowing your power to overcome them. And when you're able to meet your obstacles in joy and stay up your spiral where all the solutions are, you solve that obstacle, you solve that problem a lot faster, and you're not recreating another negative scenario for yourself of like nature because you're not letting it take you down your spiral. That's how you break the cycle of unwanted. So if you're feeling poor or feeling broke, you cannot let your bills or your low paycheck or or your empty bank account take you down the spiral. You cannot react negatively to it. The solutions are up. And it's my promise to you, when you go down your spiral, you are down there communing with dark energy. Now, if you're listening to this show and and doing this type of work pretty regularly, even with, with much trial and error, which is natural, you are probably not spending a whole lot of time down in negative. But if you are, I promise you, you are conjuring dark energy and giving giving enough attention to that will really wreak havoc in your life. I'm part of this business group that focuses on spiritual entrepreneurs, if you will, people that work in the spiritual industry. And of course, it is an industry. Those of us that write books and have coaching programs and sell crystals and do all of this stuff, I'm in this business group that helps people be successful and find their path to success. And a big part of it is is owning the fact that you can be spiritual and help people and still make a living at it. In fact, I have found, and I've shared many times, that my making a living at it allows me to help people who can't afford to pay. That's how I'm able to have this podcast and have my Facebook group and all of that. I wouldn't have time for this if I were working a full-time job, especially not the type of job I had before. I have time to do this and share all of this at no charge because I have paid programs, because I sell books, because I have a guided meditation app, because I have a coaching academy. So I'm able to meet everyone at the level that they're ready to interact with me at. And of course, my goal is to get all of you so abundant that you can just buy all my stuff. (laughs) I'm self-serving here. Getting you up your spiral, making you more financially abundant so you can come back and share some of that with me for an energy exchange. I'm kidding a little bit. But really, what I see in this group, the person that offers it gives you all of these tools, amazing tools to start your business, but it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work to set up 30, I think I counted, I have 33 different Uh, brands of software that I use in my business because my business is entirely online. And, you know, learning and using and and making work together 33 different things is a whole lot of work. And we go through this, 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 you know, boot camp, much, you know, like the boot camp that I do, which is totally different, but it's still an intensive boot camp environment. And you you get these tools and I got these tools and I, I set my intention toward getting all of these things, getting it set up. And those of you that are in Taya Bootcamp understand that I got it all set up. I got it working. I got people in. I started, you know, getting big results for the people that were taking the bootcamp course. And they started doing testimonial videos. And now it's just, it's, it's built momentum on its own. It's just this amazing thing. And I see now that my academy really brings lasting positive change to people's lives. And this Taya practice 
can change your life. Whether you ever take boot camp or not, there's value here for sure. And I love being able to share this. And it's a very positive thing for me. But that program is not inexpensive. It's not cheap at all. And the people, there are many people that go through it. And I see them in the alumni group that aren't so successful out of the gate. And then they go down their spiral and they get really negative about it. And then they start communing with each other and sort of talking about how it doesn't work and how it only works for a few people and why isn't it working for them. And they don't realize the negative energy that they are conjuring and they are keeping alive, swirling around. And then collectively, they are collectively going down their spiral and they're holding each other down there. And I promise you, if you are the, the, the saying misery loves company is very true. I saw this in my corporate job for years where I had commissioned salespeople. And there were always these, you know, a handful, uh, you know, of top tier people in every location that I oversaw, oversaw locations all over uh, Western United States and Western Canada. And they were kind of all the same. You always had your top tier people that were top performers. They were busy. They knew how to get themselves focused. They knew how to keep their attitude up. And they did great. And then you sort of had this middle tier that sort of wavered. And then you always had this sort of bottom tier of people that were always in jeopardy of losing their jobs. And since it was commissioned, they were starving to death anyway. So the job was kind of pointless for them. And there were so many of them that you just couldn't pull them out of their funk. And they all wanted to hang out together and sit around and have what I used to call pity parties. And let's complain about this and let's complain about that. And let's find other reasons outside ourselves that we're not successful. And man, it was just like this bird's eye view. And of course, I already knew what the law of attraction was. And I taught it as best I could without teaching spirituality and stepping on you know, religious beliefs and things like that. But it was just so telling that you know, here in all these different locations, you just saw the same ecosystem created over and over and over again with these kind of three different scenarios of people. And you wanted so much for these, these lower performers to pull themselves out of that and to understand that they were conjuring their clients and, and their attitude and belief was, was leading them to where they were and that they had complete power to, to change it. But I guess it's so much more comfortable sometimes to just say, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. It's somebody else. It's, it's, it's somebody else doing this to me. This is all you know a conspiracy against me. I'm a victim. And I guess that that's comforting, but it is not empowering on any level. And if you are reading the stream or, or listening to me channel or doing any of these things, utilizing any of these teachings, I hope that you get that taking full responsibility for everything in your life, even the unwanted things, and even if you have to explore that a little bit to start to realize where your unwanted negative aspects come from, and you can do that without going down and, and bringing in dark energy, but you can absolutely explore it so that you can learn from it and see that, oh, yeah, I did do that. I did conjure that. And even though maybe it's something that happened to you as a very small child, understanding that from your soul consciousness perspective, you purposely aligned vibrationally with your parents, with your religion, with your culture, with your race, with every aspect of you you chose all of that because you knew that it was going to deliver a certain degree of contrast for you. And that in overcoming the obstacles that that contrast provides, that you would expand and that you would absolutely have the power to find your way out of it, to solve it, to find your path 
to joy and clarity and abundance while alive, while still human, while still physically focused. It's possible for all of us, for sure. So I'm going to take a quick break. I have shared my thoughts with you for a lot longer than I normally do today, but this dark energy stuff, this is more human talk. But I am going to take a quick break, and I'm going to bring the stream back and give you their, let them give you their thoughts on this. We'll be right back. We are here. We are here to share our guidance with you on what you may call dark energy, negative energy, negative beings. We are here to tell you that indeed there is such a thing. In the energetic realm where we reside, There is a core of what you call source energy. The most highly advanced, highly evolved, high vibrational, collective that you are all party to. Yet what you would call the core the source of all creation, that which we are, is not physically focused. Not at this time. We are a collective of many streams or strands of consciousness, that which you may call souls. We have existed as long as creation has been. We are eternal. There is no time in our realm. There is only consciousness, beingness. But as the source of all creation, we are pure positive energy. We are nothing but love and hold nothing but love for you. But there is a sort of hierarchy of this energy. And those of you who are physically focused, who manifest in physical bodies and physical form, are doing so born of your desire to move more and more into the core of that which we are, the core of source. While you are part of source, you are not necessarily the core of source. This is what you are moving through and toward in overcoming your obstacles and expanding in your infinite lifetimes. And the further you move away from what you may consider the core, we are speaking, of course, in physical terms and we are energetic. But the further you move out from the core, the lower and lower the vibration becomes to the point of an outer, frivolous, that which you may consider negative or dark energy. An energy field that regulates our pure, positive, powerful energy. And by regulating, we mean slows us down, 
drags us down a bit. But this is all by design. This is so that our energy does not spiral out of control and create a vortex as such that would cause the universe to cease to be. We regulate ourselves by allowing this frivolous energy, by not disallowing it, by creating it. As a source of all creation, we are the source of all creation, positive and negative. And while we are absolutely positive to our core, we understand the need for lower vibrational energy. We understand the need for a regeneration of new consciousness that absolutely starts out on a very low vibration and matures, if you will, through multiple lifetimes, through multiple existences via expansion, the expansion created by overcoming obstacles and living physical lives, moving up into more of what you would call the core. So the negative, dark, frivolous energy serves a purpose. It is our creation to keep things in balance. And while we are not impacted by polarity, it absolutely regulates, it absolutely serves. But in a physical existence, such as your planet, polarity absolutely exists. Polarity impacts all creation. Polarity serves to bring about storms, to bring about winter, to bring about negative aspects. Negative polarity serves to create obstacles. And in the overcoming of these obstacles, expansion occurs. So dark energy serves. And you absolutely have examples and see examples in your lives and in your, on your planet of dark energy gaining momentum, of dark energy taking hold and creating negative things in your lives, economic downturns, health crisis, a string of bad relationships, frustration, fear, Doubt, envy, famine, poverty, war, mass shootings. There are absolutely aspects of your life and your planet that you consider negative. And in your focusing upon them, you are not only drawing yourselves down your spiral, but in doing that, you are also conjuring, creating manifesting more things of like nature. And you are all well aware that if you allow your focus to stay down there, you can absolutely build negative momentum as low as you desire to go. All the way down to a place where you are ready to physically harm yourselves or perhaps physically harm others. 
These acts are always a result of focusing upon and allowing dark energy to build momentum and to flow. And this dark energy is absolutely the origin of your stress, created by your stress, your fear, your envy, your doubt, your victimness, your need or desire to look upon something outside yourselves to blame why this is happening, why this unwanted thing is occurring, why you are not manifesting the things that you desire. It is not your fault. It is someone else. It is evil. It is dark. It is driving you to do things that you do not wish to do. Well, we are here to tell you that that is not the case. We are here to tell you that that energy can only access your life, can only impact you via your invitation of it. And your invitation comes in the form of your focus, your fear, all of those negative emotions that we have listed many times. And as I promised you also, if you make your work being up your spiral, being up in pure positive, you will not only find the answers to all of your problems, the solutions to all of your obstacles, you will find yourselves in a state of joy more often, a state of clarity more often. And indeed, with continued practice of being up your spiral, you will be invincible. This negative energy, this dark energy, will not have access to you in any way. The more you love yourselves, the more the world will love you. The higher you think of yourself, the higher others will think of you. The more connected you are to source, the more joyful you will be. The more connected you are to our energy, the more clarity you will receive. So yes, indeed, there is dark energy. There is frivolous, negative, dark energy that is there waiting to take you down as far as you wish to go in your spiral and to take you down any negative path that you wish to go down in your lives. But it is our promise to you that you create it, you commune with it, you conjure it, you invite it in with your negative thoughts, especially your negative thoughts toward yourselves. You invite it in with your victim mentality. And when we say you, we understand that we are not speaking to everyone that is listening to our words. We understand very well that you are all human, you are all imperfect, you are all absolutely impacted by polarity, and you have all experienced these things at some point in your lives though you may indeed have moved well beyond this by now. It is our guidance to you to all move well beyond it. To never allow yourselves to feel like a victim, to never allow yourselves to feel out of control. To understand that even when you were victimized, you were a co-creator of that experience. 
And as painful as it may be to realize that or to accept that or to wrap your mind around how you did that, it is very empowering to accept that level of responsibility. And if you are here listening to our words, it is our promise to you that you are vibrationally matched to this message. Even if our message initially creates static and uncertainty, am I listening to the right thing or not? I don't know. The stream tells me that everything is my fault and that I created everything in my life, including that horrific thing that I did not want at all. How did I create that? I like what the stream has to say, but sometimes they go a little too far in asking me to take full responsibility for everything. Even the things that happened to me when I was a small child. But we know you. We know what you intended when you projected yourselves into this life experience. We know that you projected yourselves in the path of negativity, in the path of contrast, in the path of imperfect parents, in the path of an oppressive religion, perhaps, or as an oppressed minority, in less than ideal circumstances. Knowing from your eternal perspective, your soul consciousness perspective, that you would come and experience these negative aspects and find your path out. You would find your way to thoughts such as this, to teachings such as ours. And then in doing so, you would expand in the process. You would come to full realization of your personal power, full realization that, yes, indeed, you created every unwanted aspect of your life, even before birth, intentionally, so that you would have obstacles to overcome, understanding full well that you would expand in that process. That you would expand as a soul consciousness you would have the opportunity to expand as a human being. And most importantly, your expansion would contribute to our expansion. Because as you expand through these lifetimes, as you expand by overcoming your obstacles, and you cannot overcome your obstacles if you do not first experience them, you expand as a soul consciousness and move more and more into the core of that which we are, of source, the source of all creation. That is your contribution. That is the cycle. That is very much your desire from your eternal perspective. Understanding that this life is temporary, and there is no judgment, and there is no getting this wrong, that you come and regardless of the outcome of your human life experience, you will expand in that process. But those of you who are on what you tend to call the leading edge of thought, who are going deeper, very often your life experience has caused you to go deeper, to make sense of the unsensible, of the unfathomable, and in doing so, gain this higher perspective while you are still physical, while you still have the opportunity to find joy as a physically manifested human being, enjoying the plethora of physical expressions of that which we are on your planet. 
the natural beauty, the, the human created beauty, the amazing experiences, they are all available to all of you. And yes, there will be obstacles along the way. But the more you work yourselves up your vibrational spiral, the less of those obstacles you will encounter. And when you do encounter obstacles, the more you are able to meet them in joy and confidence in your ability to overcome them. The more you understand that this is an opportunity for growth. This is an opportunity for me to prove my massive creative capabilities to myself. That I can conjure, that I can overcome, that I can create, that I can completely reinvent who I am if that is my desire. And when you come to that realization, you are invincible. And when you come to that realization, you are living in a state of joy that you have never encountered before as a physically focused human being. And you are more at one with us and with your soul consciousness, the eternalness of who you are in those moments. And you can string those moments closer and closer together to the point where you are able to live that way most of the time. And understanding that it is not your intention nor your desire from your soul consciousness perspective to live that way all of the time. That you intend to dip down on occasion into negative. And with the tools that we share with you in this practice which we have labeled Taya, you are then able to move out of that, back up, back up your spiral in joy. And there is nothing more satisfying, and you already know this. You do not need to hear our words on this. There is nothing more satisfying than you taking that magical ride back up your spiral and getting up there and appreciating it and feeling the light and breathing that beautiful air and experiencing the clarity, the abundance that flows in that state. Understanding that, yes, eventually you will go down again, and then you have yet another opportunity for that ride back up. It is joyous indeed. And that absolutely is our desire for all of you. That is all we have on this topic. Hi, everybody. It's David. I am back. We went really long today, but I think with the stream, well, I went long. I talked a lot more than normal in the beginning. But anyway, uh, the stream, I thought they were going to be brief on this topic and they went long, but it was really, really good. I hope you enjoyed it. So I'm going to end this now. Thank you all so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review and share this far and wide, this message of the stream. I appreciate all of you very much. Namaste. Thank you for listening. To learn more about The Stream of David, visit thestreamofdavid.com. For topic requests or to learn more about David's Taya Boot Camp, email david at thestreamofdavid.com. See you next week.